the most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom, to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents... The Jim Ross Report <laughs> with WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross and now the man himself, good old JR. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, Slobberknocker Audio is back on the air. A very special program today. I'm coming to you live as opposed to dead or semi-conscious. New York City, Westwood One, the Golden Studios, they've opened the doors. Conrad Thompson and I are here. Conrad, hello, sir. Hey, man. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Thanks for joining me here. Man, you, uh, I, we were talking about this before on the air. Conrad's been busier than a fruit merchant. <laughs> and I say that, and people say, what the hell is a fruit merchant? A fruit merchant is somebody that gets their produce, they sell it on the long, alongside the road right. based on traffic and people stopping and buying something. Sure. When they see that the traffic flow isn't commensurate to their location, they, they, they move locations. So being busier than a fruit merchant is going from, from location to location to try to get your order. And you were all over the place this past weekend. I, how was those indie shows you went to early in the, early in the week? Oh man, they were great. I uh, you know I wanted to see some as as your good old buddy Jim Cornette would say some outlaw mud shows, and I, and I went over to New Jersey, and that's where all the fun indie stuff was going down this weekend. So I got to see some AIW and see Mance Warner and Nick Gage, and I saw Swoggle versus Scott Steiner. How was that? It was uh, exactly what you imagined. Unbelievable. A lot of laughs. Uh, yeah, I mean, they tried to make it pretty serious, but Scott started it out right, man. He came to the ring, and he uh, made him cut his music and then said, uh, hey, play that song I specifically requested. And it was that old song, Short People Got No Reason to Live. Yeah. Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Well, hey, at least they caught him in a good mood. Yeah. You don't want Scotty Steiner in a bad mood in a wrestling match. I can't imagine. No, no, it's not good. Man, I tell you, though, somebody, people are asking about these favorite matches and things, and I'm digressing, but we'll get back on track. The Steiners and Dr. Death and... Steve Williams and Terry Gordy had a match in WCW one time. Yeah, that will that stands the test of time. Absolutely, great stuff back in the day. We'll talk maybe more about that. Uh, so, Hall of Fame. I thought the star of the Hall of Fame, Conrad, was uh, Sue uh, Sue Aitchison. Oh, for sure. I, I really did. I, I uh, and I'm wondering next year how they're going to do that because Friday night next year is going to be the night that SmackDown airs on Fox. Oh yeah, I didn't think so, about that. So next year, the Friday night will be their time for uh for on the fox network so you know they're not going to screw that up you can't it's wrestlemania weekend they're right. going to, fox is going on a big show a good show a show that has, gives you a reason to tune in other than just be a elongated infomercial right so uh that's going to be interesting how they handle that next year but the hall of fame seemed to me and i'm maybe i'm wrong it seemed to me i don't want to say it was a throwaway because it was not a throwaway it just didn't seem to have as much sizzle this year as it has in some previous years. I'm wondering, is that, in your opinion, I'm asking you, is it because, obviously, of the inductees, or is it because that the concept is getting boring? I don't think it's necessarily the concept getting boring. I do think a little bit of it is inductees. Um, And I think usually they've had, uh, you know, a single headliner as opposed to a big group. And I think maybe that took away from it a little bit. You know, I, I'm just freestyling. But the, all anybody talked about all weekend at the Hall of Fame was the whole Bret Hart incident. I right. mean, nothing else. That, that became, was it. Yeah, that became the star of the show. Yeah. Uh, 
which is really a shame because it took away oh, from yeah. those guys' night, and the guy who really doesn't deserve the attention is getting it. I like the uh, – and I may be – end up with egg on my face, but I like the fact that so many people came up to me after that incident and said, boy, that was a great storyline. Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, they – so they're, they're going to pay this guy to get potatoed in the face. Maybe break your nose, knock your teeth out, break your jaw, mess up all these pieces there. It, I, don't, I don't see how that – if I'm, hey, I'm wrong, I'll admit it. But I think that was just a, a guy that slipped in and, and got his, took care of his business, got his attention, and got the shit beat out of him. Yeah, I mean, if you scroll that guy's Twitter feed, he's uh, – He's on Twitter. Yeah, and he's an MMA star. Well, he, 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 he was trying to be an MMA star, and – he had some really out there tweets. It makes me think that maybe, you know, he just uh, he wasn't playing with a full deck. He was as goofy as a pet coon, as you I might heard say. That. Yeah, that's I, that's probably sounds applicable to me. Well, I that I think those ensemble casts are uh, like the DX certainly should have gone in, and I don't have, I don't have any issue with anybody going in. It's not my call. But the bottom line is that one predominant headliner that stands above the pack right did not exist this year. In my opinion. Yeah, I mean, in, in more recent years, it's been Kurt Angle or it's been Sting or, or whoever. But right. as a group, you know, I don't know. Maybe that should have been second to last, and we still needed a headline. And I still think it's weird, and I understand that, you know, Vince probably has a different attitude or approach, and you probably know this better than anybody. He doesn't want to have too many deceased guys up there. Yeah, no, it doesn't make for a good TV show. Sure. Well, we got to, I'm going to interrupt you here, but the deal is this. The Hall of Fame is a television show. Absolutely. Now continue. Uh, you know, th- there's just a list of guys, you know, like Vader, who, who a lot of people are like, oh, he should have been in. But again, even if he was, he couldn't have been the headliner because he's not with us. The, you know, you want to send folks home with a speech from the guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I hope that Vader gets in sooner rather than later, though. Yeah, me too. He's got a new book out, by the way, I contributed a little bit to, so I heard it's pretty decent. His son, uh, Jesse White, I helped recruit Jesse White to Oklahoma as a high school senior. He was the number one center in the nation. Later, son, and he's like, I, I kid him and his dad too. I, I said, so when did you get Jesse on steroids, Leon? Because he's stronger than an ox. He's like, you know, but he, he didn't. He his body broke down on him, and uh, he got a medical red shirt. So he got his education paid for. Well, there you go. But he couldn't. He couldn't pass the physicals after he got hurt there when he first came in. But Leon lived through that kid, you know. So now I, I, I admire the fact that the kid is living through Leon. Sure. They got got a book out, Vader Time. So I met him this weekend, and uh, he had the whole headgear, and and he had heard me talk fondly about Vader on the podcast, and gave me a book. So I'll be checking it out this week. Yeah, good kid, good kid. I, I think the world of him. And Leon, hey Leon, Leon could be a giant pain in the ass sometimes. He really could. He's high maintenance, but you couldn't help but not love the guy. Right. He just he was uh, accidentally funny. You know, he'd be he'd be on some tirade or something very serious, and he get his words mixed up. Then all of a sudden, it would become a comedy routine. You couldn't help but like him. You wanted to be around him, but uh, he was. I hired him to come to WCW when I saw the match that he had with Stan Hansen, where uh, Leon's eye was hanging out. Oh yeah, so that got me. Yeah, something else. I'm right in. There. I'm in. Can we have some more of this? <laughs> you got two eyes now. You can screw with the other one if you want to. <laughs> but they 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 laid it in. And, sure. And nobody sitting at ringside could ever question uh, the match's integrity or the execution thereof. I think some people don't understand that. Part of a great executed wrestling match is that you can see and you can theoretically feel the impact, the contact. Sure. And sometimes in matches we see on TV nowadays, it's just too smooth, too silky smooth. It's, 
Yeah. You know. Uh, Vader would never be accused of being too smooth. No, and Vader was, hey, we had to get Vader to to, to uh, uh, take it easy on Sean. Sure. Because Sean, it wasn't that Sean wasn't tough, but Leon was 400 pounds. Right. Sean might have been 200 pounds in that one era there. And so uh, I remember Sean was uh, pissing me one time because I booked him with uh, Leon and a big, big angle on television. And he was angry because Leon had not been washing his equipment. Oh, yeah. So I had to call Leon. I had to call our top heel, the monster heel in the territory, to tell him he's got to wash his gear. And uh, he he put me on a bad mistake. He put me on a speakerphone. And then we had a little discussion, a little heart-to-heart. And I think that I called him a big pussy. Uh, he said, but my elbow hurts. So, so your elbow hurts so badly you can't unpack your bag. And, of course, that's silence. And I said, I, you know, you just don't want to go to work, Leon. You're lazy. I think you're a big pussy sometimes. And he said, in a little baby voice, I am not. I'm not a pussy. And then I hear this voice, this female voice in the background said, yes, you are, is his wife. Oh, she listened to the whole thing. She said, oh. don't worry, Jr. I'll take him to the, uh, the airport. He'll be there. He won't miss work, I promise you. And uh, will you, Leon? Nothing. Suddenly, I got he got Trump there. God bless him. And so I I called the Hebners. I said, go to the store, and when you see Leon, get his bag, and and I want you to I want you to uh, soak it in Febreze. That uh, this this sure. it. I said because if we don't, our champion ain't going to work with him tonight in the advertised dark match. So let's prevent an issue. So either go out and wash his gear for him, or Febreze the hell out of it. So that there's no uh, offensive odors, because Leon just no—he's just no old offensive line, offensive lineman. He didn't give a shit. Right. He said, "Just go play." <laughs> so he's a classic. I love Leon. Good guy. Uh, so the Hall of Fame was what it was. Uh, the guy, uh, you know, here's what I thought was funny that that footage. I watched it a bunch of times. After a while, when he watched the footage of the of the dude t- uh, knocking Brett down, was not funny. Right. The uh, the Getting when they got Brett to safety and finally peeled Natty uh, and her amazingly long hair off the canvas, uh, then they had their way. This dude a little bit, and that's what was funny. I saw Rockstar Spud. He was bouncing around like he was six five, three forty, doing the old pantomime, not making any contact, but just bouncing around like you know. Okay, hold me back, hold me back, hold me back. <laughs> but it's funny how the, the monster of the group was uh, Harry Smith. Harry Smith. Harry Smith is, I think, one of the better, more underrated kids in the business, but uh, he's working for MLW, I think, the Courtney Bauer. But anyway, I thought it was funny watching all the, the hand gestures and the movement because guys are saying, okay, I'm sitting here, I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm on camera, I know people are filming all this shit, so i got to act like I'm physically involved. Right. But I don't really, I don't really want to hit anybody. <laughs> so you just bounce around. Well, uh, there, there were some guys with some live rounds in there, oh. and you know, in, in today's age, you got to wonder what's the fallout of that going to be when it's just going to be interesting the next few months on that deal. Lawsuits. I mean, you got to think. I mean, this guy's going to sue. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, there are guys holding him back and dudes are taking shots and it's all on camera. And I know that's, I mean, listen, I'm for the guy, you know, taking an L and back in the day, blah, blah, blah. But now <laughs> in the era we live in, somebody's going to write a check. I was talking to you uh, on our show on Sunday night. Uh, you and I and Bruce Pritchard had a this, had our little show and it was fun. I enjoyed it. We had a good crowd, around 400 folks. Good, good, good nice crowd. Really good. And uh, 
just thinking about the, the, the whole payback thing, and Bruce and I were talking about Bill Watts, and that would happen right. occasionally because the Heels got a lot of heat in Mid-South. Sure. And he almost, by what he booked, he encouraged them to get physically involved, the fans now. Right. Because they did get the holy hell beat out of them. And, the, and the, his deal was once they cross into the, the barricade area, they're paid for, deal word. Hey, they're paid for. Here comes this guy. He's, you know, you'd say, okay, here comes somebody. You can see him coming. And the guy would say to me as a referee, they're paid for. And, boy, they, then what they do, they, they show their ignorance of sticking their head through the ropes first to come and get in the ring. Oh. So their head's exposed. And their arms are on the ropes. So, so this is so easy. Kaboom. So it's uh, Cowboy. But Cowboy would still been fighting that guy. Yeah, he, today, to, right now. Today, right now. We'd, he'd be still going on and, and wondering if he had enough. And he still believe wrestling's fake and, you know, all that stuff. So he got mad one time. So he, had, he got one of those altercations. Because he was wearing his New Balance tennis shoes, he called Soft Walkers. <laughs> That's the name of the shoe, Soft Walkers. And he's wearing his Soft Walkers to TV, and we had an unruly fan, you know, overserved, wanted to fight. And so they drug him to the back, out of sight, so Cowboy could have his way with him. And uh, he was mad because he was jumping on the guy's face, but it wasn't breaking the face up like he wanted to because he was wearing his goddamn Soft Walkers. <laughs> had my boots on, it would be a different deal here. All right. Well, maybe you're lucky we didn't have your boots on. Uh, WrestleMania 35, moving on to this thing. Uh, we've both had the same basic experience at WrestleMania 35. Uh, my only takeaway, negative takeaway, if that's what we're looking for is negativity sometimes in the shows, is uh, it was too long. Yeah. Other than that, I don't have any issues. I thought it was very strategic that they started to show off with Lesnar and Rollins. Audience is clean. They're, they're fresh, pretty fresh, right? Sure. And so they get that good audience there. It's ripe, low-hanging fruit, so go get you some. I thought that was a smart move and told me that they had given more thought to the lineup than maybe some others had perceived they would. Well, and they stirred up the, you know, a little controversy with Paul Heyman's pre-match promo saying my client's going to get on a jet to Las Vegas where he's ultimately appreciated. So, you know, it, it builds to something else. And sure. I, I'm with you. I thought it was too long. It was a good show. Lots of new champions crowned. I hear it was a record gate. Everybody made a bunch of money. That's all great news. Mm-hmm. But I think Vince was so concerned about maybe giving the fans their money's worth that maybe there was, if there's such a thing, too much wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I saw somebody was actually timing the in-ring and the outer ring and there was over two and a half hours of outer ring stuff in that WrestleMania show. I mean, that's that's a lot of programming outside the ring and it, uh, those outer ring elements oftentimes breed lethargy you get disconnected i'll go to the bathroom now so you leave your seat you go you know i told somebody this weekend i told a sunday night i'm not sure or monday night man if i got if, if any event i go to creates at least more than four or five bathroom breaks for my fat ass i'm probably gonna stay home i wonder how many people took a bathroom break during triple h's match you can say you watch to it every year. It's the longest match. That was not an exception this year. It was just it went forty forevers. I think that one could have been a lot better if it was tightened up. At uh, work, the folks I was watching with, the show started to drag a little bit after that one. I think that uh, talents uh, sometimes, and maybe it's out of insecurity, maybe it's out of precedent. I don't know the exact reason. It could vary from talent to talent, uh, but I think that. Uh, they think that uh, more is always better. And that was a story where you have a no-host-barred match. Ironically, in WWE, no-holes are barred from everyday wrestling. 
So what holes did you bar in no host barred? Right. It should have just been a no disqualification match, a non-sanction match, something like that, instead of throwing that whole thing in my in my face that is really, it's just a title now. It means nothing. Sure. Uh, and it's also a match where when you beat each other up, I didn't see uh, a lot of blood flow. I don't know how you can have a street fight in type environment and big men hitting others in the face with their massive fists, and at some point it doesn't even uh, make a bruise. So I think sometimes we expose our own in-ring content by the, how we book the matches because some of these matches cannot live up to the hype. And that was one of them that was going to be challenging. They should go back to old school because if you had, in the old days, if you had a no-holds-barred match, the big blow-off, two big superstars, two big heavyweights, somebody's bleeding. Right. And the drama increases. And uh, that that was not in the cards for this show. But I, I I just think sometimes I think I think you could say this, Conrad. At least I could say this. I don't know if it's true. There's so many matches on that card that could have been shorter, that would have made a better show, and a better better match for them. They just believe that the longer I'm on camera in the ring, no matter if my shit is good or if it isn't, is a good deal for me. I win. Yeah, I mean, I heard Ole Anderson say once as a as a critique of Ric Flair. You know, Rick thought. You know, a longer the only way to have a good match was to have a long match. The longer, the better. You know, so the longer your match went, the better it was. And I wonder, do you think Hunter subscribes to that same theory that longer is better? It's very old school. Yeah, it's very old school. And and you know, Hunter's been all has been uh, influenced over the years by Nate. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. If you're a, if you want to be a, a great pro wrestling heel, there, there's a pretty good starting place to be a, for a role model. Yeah. Uh, in my view, there's nobody been any better, for God's sakes. And Nate, so uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that's probably got some influence there. You know, they could have done that match in ten, twelve minutes. It would have been great. Yep, been absolutely, absolutely great. So WrestleMania, uh, did you did now? What was the story? I read this online, so it must be true, right? I'm being an asshole. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, but what was the was the final match? The the, the three way ladies match was that? Was there something screw up? Screw with the finish? I think a lot of people assume that that may be the case because it was like a pin out of nowhere. You know, it was uh, Ronda reversing or Ronda having her finishing move reversed into a crucifix, and you know, maybe Ronda's shoulders weren't down. But I just think that was just in the execution of the move for the referee to still count three. There it means to me that was the planned finish. Gotcha. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you know, it it doesn't hurt to have a little controversy, right? It's something to come back to. As your pal Eric Bischoff says, controversy creates cash. Absolutely, it does. So uh, I, I thought their match was good. Here's the thing. Anybody that says this, I watched their match. I think in hindsight it was a mistake to put them on last. They didn't close the show big time. You could hear the crowd. The crowd was fatigued. Yeah, I, I think if the show was, was three hours and, and the ladies close, maybe that crowd responds a little differently. Oh, they would. But when, when they think, I'm going to miss my train, I've got to get out of here. That's the, that's the deal right there. I mean, pe- a, people are more concerned about getting stranded yeah. in the middle of New Jersey than they are, hey, is Ronda Rousey going to lose the title? Hey, my friend uh, Dave LaGreca busted open radio is a New Jersey guy. He's a very loyal New Jersey guy. But I think he would probably even concur that we don't need to be spending the night in the uh, Meadowlands parking lot with Jimmy Hoffa. Sure, I agree. Hey, how about uh, Charlotte's ring entrance? First time a helicopter's been used in a long time, huh? Yeah, since uh, Charlotte. Yeah. North Carolina. Great American Bash, I think it was. It would have been cool if they could land on the field, but I get it's a different time. You can't do that. Yeah. But either way, it was pretty hot, cool. No, it was really cool. Yeah, and she yeah. looked great. She's uh, I don't know how she handles her uh, her uh, attire. Uh, obviously, somebody makes it. She didn't, 
travel the sewing machine on the road. But she's got a real good. Her and her designer got something going. Yeah, they the designer knows what she really looks great in, and uh, I just I think she's just been blown away here lately. The the most striking look of any female on the roster, and then plus when you're six feet tall or more, it don't hurt nothing. And you're the best athlete of the of your gender, and maybe the other gender too. That don't hurt nothing. So. <laughs> the great thing that's that was about that finish on that. Uh, I'll tell you this, I I believe Conrad, and I know. And I can understand why, and I could make an argument for this as well. I wanted Becky to win because I wanted the fans to finally get what they were dying to see and not extend it and extend it. Well, we'll, well, we'll give it to them now. Don't give it to them now. Okay. If we have that theory, and we do it all the time, we're not going to get the fans what they want right now. You never give them what they want. You don't? Oh, I'll be damned. Well, I didn't know that. That's not how I sell my product. I want to give them what they want when they want it. You know, I, I wanted to ask you about this because obviously, you know, you've quote unquote booked the territory for a long time. Do you think they waited too long in this case? Obviously, they wanted a big WrestleMania moment for Becky, and I get that. But do you think maybe, you know, and I could be wrong, do you think the right time would have been maybe six weeks ago? The, it it the, doesn't feel like she was as hot now as she was six weeks the, ago. The story peaked earlier. Yeah, it did. It peaked too early. Yeah. That's like uh, we talk about uh, during this time of the year, March Madness. Well, the teams that win the tournament are the teams that get hot. At the end, during the tournament, yeah, it's that way. It's that way every goddamn year. So, uh, but I think that over the, I don't think it was intentional, but I think that they inadvertently extended the story a little too long. There were a couple of weeks of TV there that just wasn't stellar. Right. It was. It was placeholder stuff. It was just there. Yeah, got to have it on TV because it's a big story. But you know, so I, but I, yeah, I think it was a little played out a little too long. But I, I thought it was. A, they, I thought they all did a good job. You know, Charlotte's golden. She's Hogan, man. Yeah. So how, how can you compare Ric Flair's daughter to Hulk Hogan? That's it's, that's an insult. Really? Well, maybe you're an insult to your parents. You know? No, it's not an insult. He was the, he was the foundation that they built this brand around in the, in the mid-'80s when it went crazy. He was the guy. And she's the, she's the woman that's, they're building this around. And, and, the, and you don't always have to be the champion, especially if you're really, really talented. And she's really talented. So she's a champion, cool. She'll, you know, she's a... That's a formality. She's going to be champion again. But she's the biggest star of the group. And I'm glad that Rousey came through and it got brought attention. I think Rousey's out of here. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people assume that that's probably her last show for a while. Yeah. And I don't know if you heard, but the rumor is she's got a broken hand. So that, yeah. whether she wanted to take a break or not, here it comes. I think, and here's, we as wrestling fans, we always think well, there's, a, there's a conspiracy theory, there's a subplot. Folks, did you ever think she's a healthy young woman, and she wants to have children. I'm sorry to burst her bubble, but wrestlers like to have families too. And she's not getting any younger. Why not? She is sure as hell, she ain't going to miss the payday. Right. She's good. And uh, you ever meet her husband? I have, yeah. He's a good dude, man. He was in that uh, Bret Hart melee the other day, one of the first ones there. Yeah, yeah, he has no fear. Yeah. He's a, he's a good, but I just say they want to start a family. So that, to me, that would be a lot more important than when you're, when's your next date. Right. You're going to be at SummerSlam. Right. You know, so, uh, well, and you can always come back to SummerSlam. You know, there's nothing that says you yeah, can't yeah, or do you, both. Or you can tell a really great story and come back at WrestleMania next year. There you go. And make it really mean something. Sure. How's that? Hope you're enjoying this very unique show today, folks. And uh, I hope you also enjoy doing business with Audible. I sure have. Uh, one of my go to's when I travel, uh, one of my go to's when I'm trying to sit outside and just collect my thoughts. 
There's so many opportunities to hear great audio from Audible and a litany of topics. And of course, the one that I'm near and dear uh, to is uh, the Audible copy of Slobberknocker, My Life in Wrestling. Uh, I read our book. It's available uh, at Audible, among all these other great titles. But uh, audiobooks, I think, is the way to go. I, I, I know that there's an argument can be made about reading. We should read more. But, I, but getting exposed and accepting that content audibly is just so convenient. It's the way to go. And the good news here, uh, you hear the voice of the person that's, uh, that's reading, and in my case, the person that wrote the book along with Paul O'Brien. Uh, just a great, super, super deal. And right now, here's the, here's the bottom line. Because we always want to get to the bottom line, right? Uh, simply go to audible.com slash Jim Ross, or you can text Jim Ross to 500-500 and listen for a change. So, folks, remember with Audible, you get access to an unbeatable selection of audio books, including bestsellers, motivational books, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, like my Slobberknocker book, and so much more. And uh, just an amazing selection. You're just going to be blown away by what you can enjoy and what you can be subjected to. Like I said, Slobberknocker, my life in wrestling, was a labor of love for my writing partner, Paul O'Brien and myself, and for my late wife, Jan. So uh, reading that book was a kind of brought all that together. hope you would enjoy that as well. But Audible members can choose three titles every month, folks. One audio book and two Audible originals. You can't hear anywhere else. A lot of exclusive material here. You can listen on any device. How good is that? Anytime, anywhere, at home, in the gym, on the airplane, traveling, waiting. It's a godsend. So, so check it out. Uh, simply get a 30-day trial when you go to audible.com slash Jim Ross or text Jim Ross to 500-500. That's 500-500. And listen for a change. So, folks, the bottom line here is my good old buddy Stone Cold Steve Austin would say, you are going to love Audible. Hey, folks, uh, you know, Conrad's got about 80 podcasts. <laughs> about to be 81, yeah, I think. All right. We're going to talk about our little partnership coming up here. But just so you'll know, you know, just the, all the names that you hear us talk about, uh, uh, finding these shows, these audio shows, Westwood One, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Tune in. Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. I like that line. Or wherever you get it. Like you would get it someplace else. Uh, but get it someplace and listen to us. Listen to Conrad and Bruce. Uh, Tony Schiavone. He's got a great show. And uh, Eric Bischoff's got 83 weeks. And and a lot of these shows are on the, the mighty Westwood One Network, right? Yeah, 83 weeks is uh, done right here, Westwood One. And we, uh, Conrad and I, while we're here, we must talk about it. We, we, we're going to start a uh, podcast, he and I weekly now there's a there's a few missing pieces to the puzzle right now because we're not sure about the timeline we think it probably will start next week but if it doesn't it'll start the week after it's imminent that's what i'm trying to tell you and it's going to be different it's going to be uh, fun and i'm looking at learning a lot of things about podcasting and uh some of these experiences that conrad explain kind of uh, can we don't tell them the name of the show yeah sure why not the name of the show is going to be called grilling jr and uh it's going to be a fun, you know, trip down memory lane. You know, all of my shows sort of double down on nostalgia. And I think, you know, what the listeners to your show want to know most of all is not necessarily to hear you talk to, 
you know, Kofi Kingston or Cody Rhodes or anybody in between. They want to hear from Jim Ross. They want to hear about JR stories. And so we're going to get in our way back machine and yep. talk a little UWF and talk a little Mid-South, a little Crockett, a little WCW. And then all the years you were with the WWF. And it's sort of the, the something to wrestle format, except with somebody who had a totally different, I mean, nobody had, nobody's traveled the road you did. And I think it'll be a phenomenal show. I'm looking forward to it. Me too, man. Me too. It's going to be fun. And I was very lucky to be at the right place at the right time, folks, that I could have some of these experiences that have not been replicated. You know, you, there's not been the, the voice, quote-unquote, play-by-play voice of the company that was also an EVP in charge of the, the talent roster. Right. And uh, Vince, uh, as anybody that knows Vince, and a lot of the talent listen to the show, and he covets that ta- the talent. Talent's his deal. Talent and television make the company work. He says that in public. It's his deal. I believe it. Uh AEW, for them to be successful, they got to have talent and television. Sure. Simple deal. And execute really well. So, uh, anyway, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a neat uh, opportunity for Conrad and I to, use our, to be creative, have some fun. Uh, we, we enjoy communicating with each other. I think this is going to be a great, refreshing uh, new show. And we hope to start next week, but it could be the week after. But just stay with us. I will tell you, we'll always have a new show dropping every Wednesday, either the old format or like this show here, kind of a hybrid format. But Wednesday's still going to be our day for now. So uh, check that out, and we hope you'll stay tuned and hook, hook with us. You got a, you've got a help, you built a hell of an audience, man. you got you got loyal followers. And I, I was fun to see that Bruce and you do your show that I was part of on Monday night in person. It's different than listening. Sure. Doing it in person was really good. I liked all of it until Bruce sang that goddamn god awful song with my baby tonight. <laughs> Holy God! Is he sadistic? Is he a sadist? You know what's weird is the crowd really digs it. They they sing it back, and you know some of that had to help with uh, Jeff Jarrett's resurgence in the last couple of years. But what was fun for me is Bruce holding up the our you know we do a heads on stick type thing, and so you've got this different like cardboard cutouts of the likeness of a professional wrestler on a stick and you just hold it in front of your face and he would do silly voices so when he did jr to jr that was fun for me yeah i liked it yeah i like who said you get tired of those guys what's that word uh sassafras 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 i don't know what the hell it means yeah that's that's the fun that's why it's fun like (laughs) we literally made something up i'm not mad about it i don't know what it means (laughs) should i be mad you know something I don't know? Come on, tell me. No, I get it about the Connie's Cheeks things. I'm surprised we're this far in and not, you haven't broken it out yet. <laughs> oh, this is that fun. Come on. Hey, uh, one thing I want to mention. What did, how did it resonate to you for The Undertaker to come back on Raw Monday night? You know, I was sort of looking around, you know, Sunday like, where is he? I mean, I just assumed he was going to be a part of the show somehow, and I kind of thought maybe he'd be involved in the Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar thing, and, and that didn't happen, so... I was shocked that he wasn't there, and then equally shocked when he was on Raw. And I think the fans who traveled from all over the world to come to their WrestleMania weekend, it's become something they have come to expect. They want to see The Undertaker, and they got to see him Monday night. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, well, it's interesting. Uh, we mentioned this last night in our Q&A, is that uh, uh, you get some of the same questions. I know you, we've concurred sure. on this deal. You get some of the same questions, and uh, it's the trends of questioning, like, you know, who's your, who's your biggest disappointment? You know, who was the biggest heartbreak? Instead of saying, who, what guy really overachieved more than anybody you, you could project, you projected, and he did great or she did great, it's the, neg- it's the downside. And, I, I, and that's, that's kind of troubling to me sometimes. The other question that we got last night was... Uh, 
Oh, now, since Bruce is back, the first question is always, when Vince called, what did he say he needed your help with and what should change? Yeah, yeah. And I always shut that down because we can't talk about that. Like, right. You know, but, but as far as what, you know, the, the common questions, the biggest one is the one you said about, you know, the biggest disappointment or, you know, who surprised you that they didn't do better than they did mm-hmm. instead of the positive side. Right. Of, hey, who sort of exceeded your expectations? Exactly. So, but it was a good night. I'm glad Taker made us, uh, got back in the hunt there. And it, it now the booking speculation begins again, and when's he going to come back, and all these things. But he's he's in a, he's in a, he may be in the greatest position of all. He doesn't have any heat from the talent for working a part time schedule because he's so beloved, and respected. Right. He's paid his dues. If anybody's sure. paid their dues, for God's sakes, it's the Undertaker. And I think here's another thing. I, off the top of my head, I thought I thought about Conrad. It was one of the things that screw these talents up is to be on Raw every week. Overexposure. Overexposure, baby. That's like Corey Graves being on all these shows. He's a good, solid announcer, and he's a, he's a good, good, good young talent. And they covered his youth and his look and his neck tattoos. Uh, I'm kidding. I don't think they were those. But they're there. But he's, they're going to burn him out, and that's not good. They, he should not be on SmackDown, or he shouldn't be on Raw. He just needs to be on one of those two shows. Right. So that tells me that they, they don't have any confidence in their other, their other broadcasters that could fill that – Corey Graves' role in one of those two shows. Hindsight being what it is, do you think maybe they would have been better served and, and, and kept Becky from, or that story, from peaking early had she missed some TV? Yeah. Found, find a reason to keep her off. Well, they had reasons. She was and, suspended. But I know that a lot of people were probably thinking, well, you know, I bought a ticket to SmackDown. I wanted to see Becky Lynch or whatever. I get that. But to me, you'd sacrifice a couple of TVs in order to have the big payoff be you know what you hoped at wrestlemania absolutely and you can always put her in a dark match sure there you go you can still make your customer base in that market happy by putting her in an advertised dark match non-televised match uh but yeah that, that's a good point that you made though that, that, that story peaked a little early and but they i think they salvaged it well the the the, the division's never been healthier in the whole history of the business the women you know i can see now where more women are going to go to the training facility the performance center it's like when soccer got to be really, really big in America, and the American, the women's soccer team was, sure. was winning big time, and it helped in the enrollment and little girls want to be soccer players. Huge. I think the same thing's going to happen right here. It did with Rousey and Gina Carano and MMA, two very attractive ladies that were badasses that got the attention of, you know, they didn't look like they uh, had just had a sex change. When you go back and you look at, you know, Daniel Bryan's big moment five years ago, and a lot of people have, you know, drawn similarities between Daniel Bryan's, you know, yes movement and the fans not getting what they wanted, and then it happened at WrestleMania. It's a big moment. Afterwards, it felt like, hey, where, where do we go from here? So they tried to put him with Kane, and then, of course, the injury happened, and but we never really got it off the ground post, you know, the win for the yes movement. Where do you think – they're going to go with Becky Lynch. I mean, she's in there last night and obviously, or, or Monday night, and obviously a huge reaction. But Lacey Evans is there, and, and they, we haven't seen a lot of her beyond just, you know, a cameo appearance. And now there's some physicality involved. Are they headed down the right track with Becky, do you think? Well, it, they decided to hit, in my view, they decided to hit the reset button at WrestleMania. Right. You don't crown seven new champions without being displeased with their predecessors. You don't have massive changes in your booking where you change the titles that's going to necessitate a lot of other change to follow uh, unless you there was some uh, disillusionment. 
So now they hit the reset button across the board. Everything's new. Everybody's got a chance now to, to create their own legacies and to create their own uh, stardom. They're, they're going to get the ball, it looks like. Now it's going to be dependent upon, and some of the talent will not admit this, it's going to be dependent on how well they produce bell to bell. Don't blame the booker all the time. Don't blame the, the company, the office. You know, once you get out there and the goddamn bell rings, the office is not with you. You're right. doing it. So that's, that's what I used to get. That's what I used to love about some of these old veterans. They, they never got too stressed out about that because when they got in the ring, the match was theirs. When it comes to uh, WrestleMania, was the feel-good moment for you not Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins winning the belts? Uh, I was happy that they finally uh, won the titles. I was happier that Zack Ryder finally found a woman that would marry him. Uh, no kidding. Be- best week ever for that guy, is no it no not? Kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah. He He's the only thing better is finding more uh, action figures at a discount. I'm sure he found the way to do oh, that while oh, he was yeah. up here. But yeah, those guys worked their ass off. They stayed hooked. Yeah, they're living now. They're going to live their dream. How can any of us second guess uh, another wrestling fan living their dream? And that's all these two yahoos are doing. Absolutely. That's who they are. So uh, it was good. Uh, Braun Strowman won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, which is another throwaway. It just it made sure a lot of guys got booked as if it's their divine right is to be booked at WrestleMania. It's not a, it's not their right, by the way. It's a, it's a privilege to be booked, and uh, that used to create some competition because back in the day, the three-hour pay-per-views would necessitate you know eight nine matches. Sure, everybody can't be booked, and so then we started coming up with ways to have multiple person matches. The Battle Royals won, you know, all these things. So uh, I'm I'm a I'm a big believer that. There was some uh, gratuitous booking, including the Battle Royal, which was nothing more than a, a extended comedy s- skit involving the guys on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, you know. So that's kind of my take on that deal. But nonetheless, I I get why you do it. I'm not being such a hard ass that uh, we want to break somebody's heart because they get a, get to work at WrestleMania. But quite frankly, everybody didn't deserve to be on that card. I feel like we've buried the lead. What did you think of Kofi Kingston? Great. I, I was happy for him. Again, I, under the same mantra, Conrad, that I believed it was time for WWE to give the fans what they had indicated very vociferously that they wanted. Right. And that was for Kofi to, to climb the mountain. At least let's see what he looks like up there. Sure. And let's find out how. Because the thing about it, he's, his body type, uh, he's never been a heel, as I can recall, of any significance. Uh, a lot of things he's got going for him, he's very athletic. He's not, he's not all beat up. So he can he can work with a lot of different talents, and he's got that baby face run as the undersized baby face, and he can become the the heel that separates from New Day and becomes very arrogant because of his success. There's a lot of stories you can write about Kofi, but the fact that he was there 11 years and was always a great representative to the company should have meant something earlier than 11 years. Bottom line is that's irrelevant. He's there now, so I just hope he gets a good chance to, that he uh, can stay there for a while, develop some tenure. And that's going to be large up to Kofi. He can't have the same matches he's been having. He's got to be better. Right. And some guys say, oh, I'm okay. I've been in business a long time. I'm good. Well, you're, you are good. But this role here is, needs to be great. It's like that commercial with the doctor. How's the doctor? He's pretty good. Just pretty good? You know. So stay in your lane, bro. So, uh, anyway, take her. But Lacey Evans attacking uh, Becky, we, we just touched on that. I don't know how good she is yet. Lacey Evans got a great package. She looks wonderful. I love her background. She's a legit Marine. She was a drill sergeant. She did all these amazing things as a soldier. And she's a very attractive woman. 
I just believe that she doesn't have the, the enough minutes in the ring to get her where they need her to go with a talent like Becky Lynch. So I believe that there should have been another baby face working with Lacey that could help her learn. A baby face along these lines, like a Mickey James. And he said, well, Mickey's not a baby face. Well, hell, who's, who, who knows what these people are? Are they fish or fowl? I don't even know. But you want to get a talent that's better than, than you right. that could teach your talent. And that's what they should That's a That's a, a good role for Mickey James. Make uh, uh, this lady better. Yeah, Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans. What, looks great. What about uh, Baron Corbin, Kurt Angle? Did you see that one going the way it did? Yeah, kind of. It was the theoretical right thing to do if you're the old school business where the old guy is leaving the territory, puts over the young guy that's staying. Uh, that's kind of how that logic has gone. But I would never have put us in that position, uh, My per- personally. It, it would have been a happy moment for Kurt. Win, get, get cheered, get a standing ovation, shed a few tears, move on. Would you, so you would have stuck with Baron. You wouldn't have tried to pivot to Undertaker, John I, Cena. I mean, that's what everybody in the crowd was wanting or yeah, assuming was going to happen. I wanted. I would. My first priority would be to have Kurt win the last match. Sure. And so I don't know that that would have been uh, necessitated by him working with Taker or Cena. He's going to beat either one of those guys, right? At WrestleMania. So I, but Corbin was okay. I just didn't. I don't see the money in him yet. I think he's got a upside. He's a big, rangy guy, and Vince likes tall guys and you know, good sized fellows. He's a good athlete. He's I st- I've talked to him two or three times. He's a very smart kid. I just think he needs more seasoning. That's all. It's not. A, it's not, and that's not a sin. Oh, Jr. and Conrad are knocking Baron Corbin. No, we're not knocking Baron Corbin. No, I mean he's clearly doing his job. The fans hate him, and that's his role. That is his and, role. And I think sometimes you know, we fans get a little too smart for our own good. If we hate him, mission accomplished. Uh, moving on about the weekend, uh, I was envious that you attended the uh, Big Show at the Garden on Saturday night. Tell me about that show. It was awesome. It was it was surreal to see. You know, uh, I've seen WWE, of course, in the Garden before, but to see someone else there, uh, it was it was something else, man. And to see, you know, Bullet Club at the merch stand at MSG, it's, it, it was surreal. And I thought they did a good job with the uh, production of it. And you know, they obviously got everybody stirred up with Enzo and Cass, and I can't wait to get your two cents on that because that's, I don't know, you know, that sort of took away from it a little bit to me because instead of everybody talking about the actual content of the show from a New Japan Ring of Honor standpoint, they're talking about this worked shoot, was it this, was it that, which it means it worked, but at the same time, you know, I felt like maybe it should have been more of a, a New Japan-type celebration. It was cool to see Muda in there. I didn't know that I was going to see that or, or, or Liger. That was cool. Yeah. And I thought it was a big a big night for Matt Taven. And uh, he's sort of their feel-good story on the Ring of Honor side. And I think you could argue Okada's one of, if not the best in the world. So sort of. it, it, it was good stuff all around. And they tried some big stuff they'd never done before, like the big entrance for PCO with the electric chair and – you know, some some Gaga, as Pat Patterson would say. Yeah, yeah a lot of Gaga there. Well, I, I was. It's a philosophical thing about where do you where do you lead your focus, and I'm I'm with you. I probably would have thought a little bit I've thought a little bit differently about Enzo and Cass, and I'm not an uh, anti Enzo and Cass guy. I, you know, uh, they they got crossways for whatever reasons in WWE. That happens, and now they they still got to go out and make a living. So I don't have a problem with that. I thought it might have been could have happened a little earlier. Maybe uh, I would have protected Okada's Okada winning the IWGP Heavyweight Title in the Garden 
it's major news. Oh, the biggest. And it got it got kind of uh, lost in the shuffle. Yeah, it did. It it took away. It, it's similar to not the same thing, but you know, coming out of the Hall of Fame, any, all anybody talked about was the attack on Brett. Well, coming out of that show, all everybody's talking about is Enzo and Cass. I'm like, I don't think that was the idea here. Right. You know that that's my only takeaway is this was supposed to be, you know, the most special night, arguably in Ring of Honor history, and and, and one of them for New Japan and. Instead of talking about, you know, our stars, Matt Taven and, and Okada, we're talking about Enzo and Cass, which is good for those guys and, and good for some internet buzz and some clicks on social media, but I don't know if that's really what you want to do. Yeah, I'm with you. That, that might not be the exact number one takeaway you want to, to lead that, that venue with. Uh, Abushi defeats uh, Naito for the Intercontinental title, the IWGP Intercontinental title. That's a big deal over there, too. It shows everybody, I think, just that the garden is sect is a hallowed halls, as we've said on television many times. It's a because they you're not going to change your your heavyweight title and your intercontinental title on the same night in American soil, unless it was in the garden or something a reasonable facsimile, if there is such a thing. Uh, so anyway, I I, uh, I I'm glad they did well. Congratulations to Ring of Honor and to uh, New Japan for a, uh, a successful event, and. Uh, isn't it weird that usually the the big story after a weekend like this is everybody's buzzing about takeover, and it doesn't feel like that happened this year? Why do you think that is? I don't know. I was just looking at those takeover notes. It, it was a good card. Uh, they got a formula they use. Sure. Look at their four matches they do in two hours or five, something like that. I'm a big fan of their brand. I can tell you that. Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, and two out of three fall match. That was a throwback type stipulation like that. I love Shayna Baszler. She was trained by my friend Josh Barnett, who had another accessible event up here too uh, during the week. Is a uh, uh, blood sport. Blood sport. It did real, real well, from what I heard from uh, Mike Weber at Fight. I was, uh, I was. In, there was an inquiry to me about calling that. I just, it just couldn't be worked out. Unfortunately, it was like a money deal. Just, you know, you hate to sign a contract with a new company. Then the first thing you do publicly is with another company, even though it's a favor to your buddy. I'd probably done it for nothing. Right. Still yet. Uh, Let's let's double down on that for a minute because I think a lot of people just hear that in passing and maybe don't know what it was. I think the concept, and you can correct me on this, was it was a sort of a work shoot, old school, Japanese-style promotion, but there's no ropes. So you've got former MMA stars like Frank Mir and, and Josh Barnett and a host of others, and you know the, the finishes are predetermined, but the intent is to, is to make it look like UFC a little bit, some MMA action. But inside of a wrestling ring, sands ropes. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Make it more realistic. Nobody's hitting the ropes and bouncing off the ropes. Mm-hmm. Somebody's standing there waiting on them. Yeah. It's kind of an expose if you want to be real. Sure. I never understood that either. <laughs> Here's what I don't understand. I, somebody said the other day, they, said, they sent me a tape to look at. Some, I, I do this, and I, I don't want to advertise it. But, but one thing I notice kids do nowadays a lot is they're going to throw somebody from one corner to the next. They let go of them uh, on the on a third the, of the way over. Yeah, and the, the guy that then just runs of his own volition to the corner and hits it. It's it's it's, it's uh, funny if the three Stooges were doing it, sure, but it was supposed to be serious wrestlers doing it because it's such lazy execution. I don't know where I got to that, but I, I don't like it anyway. Uh, we mentioned Zack Ryder. I wanted to say his uh, his engagement is official. Nice young lady, too. She was trained by Lance, Lance Storm. Raphael told me this morning. Uh, so that was good. I saw where Triple H, uh, I had, here's a funny story. 
Uh, I, one of my best friends at Fox is Jacob Oldman, and uh, he's been friends of mine since uh, uh, his Southern Cal Trojans beat my Sooners 55-19 to in the national championship game in 2005. Not that I keep the score or remember such tragedies, but nonetheless, it is what it is. Uh, he uh, was interested in me coming to work on a new show they were going to do. And they just announced it this past week. It's going to be on Tuesday nights on FS1, uh, WWE studio show produced by Fox. And uh, so I, I'm happy I made my decision with AEW. Don't get me wrong, but uh, this, they're still, still growing the brand, and this, this would have been a Fox presentation because I think probably left of their own devices, WWE would not have adhered to getting an older guy with a Bell's palsy and a southern accent on their show again. They, they get I'm not longer there. Like, oh, no, no, we don't need to do that anymore. We're done that. We did that. So that show starts in October? Uh, it's what it says. And, and, it's, and it's on Tuesday in October? Yeah. You reckon you might be on TV in October on Tuesdays? There's a, there's a chance it could happen. Okay. Hmm. It could happen. Well, maybe not on FS1, but somewhere. Somewhere. We'll work, it'll be worked out, folks. Hmm. Stay with us on that deal. Hey, uh, the we're talking about Okada how great he was and he had a big night special for him too to win the title back in the garden and one of the things we're going to do for you in Las Vegas is uh, I'm going to narrate uh, a 1989 themed uh, scenario with Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat because in 1989 they had their trilogy of matches that are considered by many to be as good as any trilogy ever in the television era right and some younger fans are going to say, well, you know, JR again is delusional because that, that accolade could only go to one match. That's Okada and Omega. I called all three of those two, by the way. And they're very, very good. Don't get me wrong. They're outstanding. Excellent. I wish I could call some of them live. Didn't have that opportunity. But Flair and Steamboat will stand up in anybody's era. It's as good as I ever saw. And all three of those matches were different. I worked all three of those matches with a different partner. All three of those matches are different locations with different stipulations. They change it every single time. And you know why they're good at that, Connie? It's because they are territory guys, and they ran the same markets every week, and you got to change your script. Right. you got to change your presentation. Those same jokes you open the show with, you can't open the sh- you got you to move on. They already heard those jokes last week, so now what? So I, I'm looking forward to that. That was a good idea you had. you got plenty of good ideas. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I had the, the privilege of watching – the Chicago and Chi-Town Rumble with Rick years ago, well, even before the WWE Network. And he said, hey, do you have my match with Steamboat from Chicago? So I fired it up in the home theater. And, you know, we turned the sound down, and he sort of gave alternate commentary on the match about what he was thinking when he was watching it. And he was sort of transposed back to 1989 just for a minute. And, oh, here's the spot we're about to do. I mean, he just remembered just from watching, like muscle memory. And it was like a master's class in wrestling. So... When I was thinking about, hey, what panels could I put together for StarCast? The first one, that was at the top of the list. It just so happened that he was booked that day and, and, and couldn't make it work. So he's going to be there in Las Vegas, and so will Ricky Steamboat, and we're proud to have you because you called all three, and we'll relive 1989 all over again. Yeah, it's going to be great. And hearing it from them is so, so unique. Uh, you're a fan. You want to understand their logic, what their mindset. Why would you try this? Because well, I'll ask the questions. Why did you do this instead of doing that? Because sure, whatever, you know, and uh, – let them talk about it. It's very cathartic for all of us, and I just think those are some great times. By the way, folks, uh, Conrad, tell them they can still get tickets to to, to 
come to Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. We've got tickets on sale now, and uh, what it gets you is uh, more than two dozen live shows, uh, plus a whole host of events uh, on the podcast movement stages, you know, parties and tons of stage shows and access to tons of meet and greets, and they're on sale right now at StarCast.com, and there's two R's in StarCast, just like there were in Starcade. Right, right. Uh, are you uh, are you uh, uh, thinking you're going to add any more events? Is everything they know... Is, are there things you're holding back that you haven't released? Yes. There will be some announcements this week, the following week, the week after. You know, I had a lot of conversations with people who said, hey, can you wait till after WrestleMania to announce that? Yeah. So, yeah, well, we've still got more surprises coming. And uh, stay tuned to Twitter at StarCast Events. It's at StarCast Events, and you'll be up to date. But, yeah, lots more fun stuff coming your way. Uh, it's going to be fun, folks. And, by the way, if you can't be in Vegas that weekend, and it's understandable, we all got lies. Some of us are lucky we're going to be there. I'm very fortunate. Uh, you can see it on your TV. Fight. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Starcastonfight.com is where you can go ahead and pre-order. And we're even doing a cool little thing here. Not only will you get uh, more than two dozen live shows, nearly 40 hours of content, et cetera, et cetera. It's live and on demand in HD. So if you miss something, you can go back and watch it. Countless replays. It's only 59 bucks. But if you pre-order before the 23rd, you're automatically entered to win what we're calling the High Roller Contest, JR. So we'll mm. have airfare for two anywhere in the world in the Las Vegas, put you up in a hotel suite for four nights, get you platinum bands for StarCast. You see all the shows. You get every single meet and greet. So if they're on our website at StarCast.com, you get to meet them. Uh, you get access to the uh, VIP after party. But most importantly, you get two front row tickets to Double or Nothing. Mm. So it, it should be a pretty fun deal. And uh, all you've got to do is pre-order StarCast on Fight at StarCastOnFight.com. Yeah, easy. Folks, you know, the, the Fight app, here's how that works. No matter where you live, if you've got a smart device, a tablet or a, you know iPhone, whatever, and Wi-Fi, you have checked all the boxes. You're in. So uh, that's uh, it's a it's a great thing. I watched uh, the – I was real busy here, and I watched the uh, uh, Madison Square Garden show on my, on my iPad on the Fight app. Worked like a champion. Yeah, I don't know how it works so well. I mean, you, you said Wi-Fi, but I, I've done it over cellular, and the idea that I'm in a place where it looks like I have two bars and I can barely get reception to make a phone call, somehow through some voodoo black magic, the the Fight app is still perfect. It's it's unbelievable. I can't push that enough. Folks, I want to tell you, we're kind of deviating our format here. Conrad Thompson joining me here on the show. Uh, we're still both in New York City recording this on Tuesday. Uh, and remember to tell your buddies that it drops on Wednesday. We hope next week to come uh, roaring out of the blocks with a brand new format and uh, new energy and, and new ideas uh, with Conrad and I. We're going to be a, a dominant tag team, ladies and gentlemen. And I will be the Ricky Morton. I will sell. <laughs> I will give Conrad the hot tag so he can come in and drop the big leg, brother. Uh, and by the way, uh, this Friday, this weekend, there's no rest for the wicked. I'm going to be in Oklahoma a day, one full day. And then I'm going to uh, meet my trusty sidekick, Raphael Morphy, in Pittsburgh. And we're going to go to the uh, Steel City Comic Con this thir- Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I think you get all the information at steelcitycon.com. Steelcitycon.com. I like these uh, Comic Cons, uh, Conrad. It's a... Uh, it's, it's not as much pressure to perform and sell tickets and market your event and, and, and than just showing up and enjoying the camaraderie, the fellowship with your fans. No, I totally agree. 
yeah uh, tony did his first comic con a couple of weeks ago in chicago and now he wants to go to all of them yeah. everywhere he loved it spending some time with tony and his son who lives in new york city was a really a bonus for me uh you know the kid we told the kid that the son the stories of his his dad and me rooming together on that thirty five dollars a day per deal for Crockett, but here's the thing: we got that money in cash, <laughs> a ten, a twenty, and a five. That's what you got: a ten, a twenty, and a five. Thirty five bucks, but we could share a room at the uh, where was we stayed some some little hotel. Uh, what was that? The Marriott property, Fairfield, Fairfield Inn. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was brand new. I was telling the story about dating myself about they had it was so cool because we we finally got a room that had a remote control television. And it was just a, bu- a button on the wall, so this went one direction. So if you pass channel three on your way to, and you hit channel five, you got to go all the way around the thing to get it back. And if you're drinking or any other illegal foreign substance and you're not really coordinated, that could be a futile exercise. <laughs> so, but when I first got in the wrestling business, I was hey kid, change the channel. I was a I was a remote control operator. That's my first job, I think, with, with Hodge and those guys. So this uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I hope you'll see us. Monroeville, Pennsylvania, kids. Uh, SteelCityCon.com. We're there three days. We're bringing uh, books and sauces and jerky and seasoning and all kinds of good stuff. So uh, hope you'll come see us. And then next week we'll get back on our regular uh, r- rotation where we're going to be, you know, stuff like uh, Cauliflower Alley Club and the Dan Gable Museum in July. I'm going to Cauliflower Alley. I didn't know you were going. That'll be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the banquet. I'm going to get your ass in some trouble in Vegas. I hope you do. All right. Well, well you can sure try, big boy. <laughs> I'm a willing participant in everything negative to my, my system. Uh, StarCast is a, is a big part of my summer, uh, for spring, wherever you want to look at it. But I'm doing a – Jerry Lawler and I got a, a show there for Conrad, which may be our last one for foreseeable future. So that's probably going to be a part of the, the big event, StarCast 2 in Vegas. Yeah, I'm, it's going to be fun out there. It's going to be fun out there for everything. It's for Cauliflower Alley and the whole nine yards. I'm glad you're going to that, Conrad. It's good. That's, that's a good thing for you to to experience that a little bit. Have you ever been there? Yeah, uh, I've been twice. This will be my third visit. Good. I like that little room they get all the nostalgia stuff, all those pictures. And all yeah. That. Really cool. I don't, see, I don't understand why more fans don't just check it out. I think a lot of them don't understand necessarily what it is, yeah. uh, but they've got so much great history there, and it's really an affordable deal. You know that hotel that you know that that is the official host. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Gold Coast. It is. It's like twenty nine bucks a night or something silly. Like, why would you not come out and enjoy? Right? It's thirty bucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you and Tony Schiavone could have did that thirty years ago. That's right. You could afford it. Yeah. Had a little bit five dollars left. So uh, that's going to be that. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I look, I look forward to seeing you out there. Yeah, we'll have some fun. Yeah. What are you getting there? Uh, I'll be there most of the week. I'm, I'll, I'll be finalizing StarCast stuff. All right. You know, we'll sets and all that. We'll make we'll make time. Yeah. I promise you we'll make time. I'll take you to get the best steak in Vegas. Oh, I, I know where that is. Andy Amos in the D Hotel. Nah, I'm, I'm going to fight you on that. I'm going to call Vic and Anthony's at Golden Nugget. We'll have to have a steak off. Yeah, exactly. I like it. You're that steak off, ladies and gentlemen. For all you vegans out there that are repulsed right now, <laughs> these two fat carnivores don't care. <laughs> we got Lipitor. What do you want? Uh, so, uh, but I'll get back on schedule next week with all these things we're, we're going to do. And you know, we're going to be doing a, hey, Conrad, we're going to actually be in, in October, Comic Con in Dothan, Alabama. Alabama? Fentacon. Fentacon. 
Yeah, AlabamaFentacon.com has that information. That's October 5 and 6. That'll be right in the midst of football season. Yeah, have fun. Yeah. So I look forward to coming down there. Yeah. Dothan was known for, like, the dirt floor building, right? Yeah. Isn't that the deal? Yeah. That's it awesome. Was hot, it was a hot market for a long time. No, that's what Rick tells me. Good, but ter- good territory. Bill. Dirt floors are our claim to fame there. It, it, it's slobber knocker good. <laughs> On this show, you know, I always do a slobber knocker of the week. And uh, we're going to cut to all, shorten all this stuff up this week because Conrad and I are, are freelancing here. I don't know how you could do, do the slobber knocker of the week. It could be anybody but Kofi Kingston. Sure. Quite frankly. I mean, you know. And, I, and I'm glad, too, that they – I didn't hear the announcers talk about – infer about his race. Uh, and make it more about race than I believe it should have ever been made about. He's an underdog. He's a, he's a, he's he's not the only guy here that's been overlooked after a decade of service. It's not just because he's black. I never understood that. Then someone said, "Well, uh, here's a, here's a great one." But Jr. Uh, over the course of time, wrestling has always had issues with race, and they have they have stuff about politics and religion. I said, "Yeah, they sure did. They don't make it right." I don't need that in my lifetime with my wrestling show. Sure. I just don't. I personally don't need it. It's supposed to be an escape from some of that stuff. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. So, uh, Kofi, Slobber Knocker of the Week. I, I, I think the Pet Coon Goofy Award, Conrad, we both know who that's going to be. Uh, Zach Madsen. He's the idiot who thought it was a good move to attack Bret Hart and Natalia. It's wonder she didn't get up and beat the shit out of him. She could have. Sure. Or she would have. She'd have tried, I guarantee you. Uh, two counts of third degree assault, one count one count of criminal uh, criminal trespass, and one count of violation of local law, and uh, so he's he's an idiot. He's a village idiot. He's a pet coon goofy. He's lucky he got out of there. Well, what he got out of there? With? This week in wrestling. I love this cop this because it reminds me of things. Listen to this one. Twenty-five years ago, Jesse the Body Ventura was awarded eight hundred and ten thousand dollars in a videotape and merchandising royalties after a Minnesota court. Minnesota court finds WWF liable for fraud and in misappropriation of publicity rights. Uh big victory for uh for Ventura on that deal. And uh they finally made up, they meaning Ventura and the WWE, uh, when he was governor. He became a broadcaster of XFL, and then he was also the referee of record in 1999 for the Austin uh, Mick Foley Triple H uh, match at SummerSlam. Did you see him? But uh, did you see Jesse? I didn't see him. I saw pictures online though, and um, I got to tell you, I liked that he wore the old gimmick jacket. Like it made it. Made yeah. it, made it the Jesse I grew up on yeah. instead of the the conspiracy theory TV guy. Well, he still thinks that's trendy. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like Professor Irwin Corey. <laughs> that hair, you know, he's, that's a he's deep cut. No, he's all right. He's uh, but he he's, he still ha- thinks he's, he could be president. Hey, who knows? Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know who would want that right now. I don't either. Twenty three years ago, Conrad Brian Pillman was severely injured in a car accident. They really started his downfall uh, with a lot of personal issues. Had to get that ankle fused, cut restrictors mobility. What he had, he had great mobility and athleticism. You know, as a former football player, I love that kid boy. He's his own worst enemy. And I, I, I wish I could spend more time with his son, Brian Pillman Jr. He looks just like his dad. 
I said, now, just because you look like him, just because you got his DNA, don't mean you got to act like him. Be sane now. Be sane. Brian was the guy that was going to padlock himself to the goalpost. Get, he had already secured a, a press pass for the Super Bowl. He's going to chain himself to the goalpost naked for the Super Bowl. He had a plan worked out. I swear to God. And he's a, he was off the wall, man. He was something else. He, he suspended everybody's disbelief. Sure. I, he was going crazy one time at a TV convention, and he comes to see Vince and cussing and raising cane, and, and then he hugged me, and he says, it's all at work. You are, take it easy. <laughs> K-Fabe, your work, because nobody knows, and you're making a scene. So he got, he's not working for you here. Let's, let's try to change that. I like the kid a lot. 22 years ago, I remember this, man. I was in my office when this happened. On Good Morning Kuwait, I know a show all you guys love. Good morning, Kuwait. Leon White, a.k.a. Vader, our big buddy, got detained in Kuwait for attacking uh, uh, a host of the Good Morning, Kuwait television show. I would tell you his name, but I can't pronounce it, and it doesn't matter. He spent 10 days under house arrest and paid a fine before he was allowed to return to the States. He ate a lot. (laughs) They said, we can't afford to feed this big bastard. Get him out of here. That's funny. Yeah, Leon, good. He just... He was, Leon was in character, and he scared the TV host. He was a little bit intimidating. Pretty good stuff. 22 years ago, ECW had their first pay-per-view, barely legal. Nearly 1,200 fans at the ECW arena, nearly 100,000 fans watched the pay-per-view. The main event, Terry Funk, you son of a bitch, Conrad, you're a fat bastard like that goddamn Ross. Uh, Terry Funk defeated Raven for the ECW World title. And on a serious note, I missed this last week. I think uh, Terry lost his wife. Uh, what a wonderful, wonderful woman. Uh, they've been married 54 years. That's crazy. In wrestling terms. That's, that's unbelievable. Like, yeah, it's like, that's like, you know, a couple of decades. No, three, no, it's more than 10 decades or something. Dog years. But uh, she was, one of my wife's favorite things to do was when we went to Call for Alley Club, to go to the, we huddled at that little Friday's there in the lobby at the Call for Alley Club at the Hotel the Gold Coast, Conrad. And uh, she, she was, uh, Terry's wife was the object of my, my, my wife's conversation. She loved to talk to her and, and everything was just great. She, I loved her. She was a really, really nice lady. And to be married to Terry Funk for 54 years. You deserve a medal. Oh, yeah. God damn it, it wasn't that bad. Uh, what else is going on here, Tony? I don't like that one. Let's not get rid of that. The Rock threw the Stone Cold uh, Smoking Skull belt off a bridge into the Detroit River. I remember that. We had to go tape that. After all, it's colder than hell. But everybody had to be there. You can only imagine. Vince wanted his entire entourage there to watch Rock throw the belt off the bridge in Detroit. That was the old Florida championship wrestling angle. Seriously. Pretty good stuff. What else here? Oh, this is a good one. I remember this because I was very drunk after the show. Twelve years ago, Santino Morello made his WWE debut defeating Umaga for the Intercontinental Championship on Raw in Milan, Italy. Now, I remember that real well. I met a very friendly lady there that, that week. I was there four days. <laughs> she showed me around. Uh, chamber of Commerce type, nice person. I had the best pasta of my life, all homemade, you know, all amazing. No, no cornets, Chef Boyardee? No, goddammit, Conrad, you fat bastard. Kenny, goddamn Bruce, there's me. 
No selling me at all. Uh, uh, neither did that. Santino Morello beat Umaga for the Intercontinental title, and I, I deemed it, Conrad, the Milan miracle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you believe in miracles? I was telling my inner Al Michaels at the Olympics. Gene Kaniski died at, uh, this eight, nine years ago this week of cancer. Big Gene was a great football player in the Canadian Football League. He had one issue. He talked so loud that he would repeat what the quarterback said on the play they're going to run. So they said they're going to run slot right, 22 power. So you'd hear Kaniski in the huddle, but the defense could hear, well, God damn it, the 27 power's not going to work. We ain't run it all day. So like, Gene, shut up. Right. So Gene was a good guy. I like Gene. Vancouver. Uh, eight years ago, you know, it's, it's amazing. Eight years ago is when Edge announced his retirement. Time flies, doesn't it, man? Yeah, yeah. Feels like he's been out like three or four years. I know. And I uh, I remember, hire, for some reason, when I hired him and uh, Christian, they got $210 a week. But they were happy to get it because they had nothing coming in. Don't spend it all in one place. Well, yeah, you got a jersey. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You got in the locker room, pal. You're on the team now. And even though you're not the highest, highest paid player on the team, you're on the team. So now where you take this is going to be your call. And they, they both did a hell of a job. And I hope that they're pardoned. I would think that Edge and Christian would be a Hall of Fame team. Wouldn't you? Well, I mean, Edge is already in as, as a single. I know. I'm sure Christian will go in at some point. I'm wondering if Christian's going to, they're going to give Christian the respect of going in as a single when his biggest success at WWE was with his partner. And I don't have a problem with Edge getting two rings. Right. It seems like that's not a bad thing anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, Brett's done it, and Booker T's done it, and Rick's Nate, done it. Nate. Nate. Now Sean. Yeah. Uh, Conrad, this is a fun part of the show. Very riveting content. The birthdays. <laughs> Juice Robinson, 30 years old. He's going to be a good kid. He's a good he's a good kid now. United States champion in New Japan. Started out in the uh, WWE back in the day. He's really matured. He's got good hands. Our old friend Paul Bearer, world's greatest George Jones fan, passed away in 2013 at age 65. A heart attack. Undertaker's manager for so many years. Uh, Angelo Papo would have been 94. He died in 2010. The significance of that is he's the father of Macho Man Randy Savage and Leaping Lanny Papo. Uh, Thursday, Balls Mahoney. God damn, he's... We're, I feel like the, I'm not like Vince here. I'm getting I'm getting gun shy of all these dead guys. We're getting wishing happy birthday. Balls Mahoney died in 2016. Goldust is alive, ladies and gentlemen. Goldust is alive. He's 50. Did you have you seen him lately? I have. Yeah, he looks good, doesn't he? He looks great. He really does. He's got his life together, man. I like that. He's a good woman, keeping him straight now. Don't hurt. For a man to be successful as he can be. It never hurts to have a good partner. Somebody's got to be in the background. Damn right. It's just like Leon earlier, right? Yep. Wash your gear. I'll have him at the airport. Yeah, he'll be there. That's required in wrestling, I think. you got to have somebody in the corner. So Goldust, 50, have a birthday, Dustin. And uh, I used to like Dusty go off on these tangents, but he was had trying to find the right gimmick for Dustin, you know, the natural or whatever, WCW. And he'd pull that Jackie Gleason line out of Smokey the Bandit. That boy just could not have come out of my, my loins. <laughs> when I get home, I'm going to slap his mother because that boy could not have come out of my loins. Uh, Harley Race, the great one, on Thursday will be 76. 
How great is that Harley's still with us? I feel like every year there's a rumor that Harley's no longer with us. Yeah. And it kicks out every year. It kicks out every year. Harley race is tougher than death. Saturday, uh, a uh, NXT UK talent, Flash Morgan Webster. I'd like to tell you I know all about him. I don't. But I do know he's 29, so I have a birthday kid. Monty Brown, who was also Marcus Corvon, played uh, football in the NFL, I think. He was a TNA guy, 49. Stan Stasiak, the father of uh, Dr. Sean Stasiak, the uh, noted chiropractor in Dallas. Stan was a transitional champion. I think he held a title over a weekend. They went from one baby face to Stan to another baby face. Sunday got birthdays like uh, Marina Shafir. She's 31. She's the wife of Roddy Strong, real nice lady. Lita, 44, Hall of Famer in 2014. Uh, Jeff Jarrett celebrating her birthday this weekend. As is Pete Rose. Pete Rose. I always think of the calls when Pete Rose got tombstone by Kane. It became like a fixture at WrestleMania and things. And then uh, on Monday, you got uh, Austin Aries, very talented guy in my book, and my old friend Mike Tenay. Mike Tenay was born in 1954. He's two years younger than moi. Mike Tenay's a good hand. So uh, good luck to all these folks. Happy birthdays. Mia Yim, Paul London, Vicky Guerrero, love Vicky. My old friend George the Animal Steel, all having birthdays this week. Whatever you do, folks, celebrate, enjoy it, and remember good old JR has got your cake. You've got mail. An abbreviated mailbag with my guest, Conrad Thompson, my new uh, podcast partner. We're going to start hopefully next week. You heard all about that earlier. New concept, new format. It's going to be good. And uh, we will we'll see to it. I promise you. Mailbag, uh, this is from uh, Gary. Gary says, uh, congratulations on signing with AEW. Look forward to a new chapter in your life. So do I. That being said, are you nervous about calling matches with all the new moves that wrestlers are doing these days. No, I'm not nervous. Will I get them all right? Probably not, but not because it would be a lack of effort, uh, Gary. Uh, but I, that's what you call pre- pre- preparation and practice. And I'm, uh, I'm allegedly going to have two partners, and I hope that they'll bring their stuff to, to work too. So we'll be all right. We'll, it'll, it'll be a growing situation. We'll get better. Have you done anything ever before with Marvez or Excalibur? Nope. Nothing. Ever. And my idea when I met with Cody, when they came to my house last week, was that I need to come to Atlanta where they have a facility they're utilizing. Sure. And uh, bring in Alex and Excalibur and let's practice. So we're going to do that, I think, next week, two days. Two long, two good days, full days of drilling and calling matches and getting used to each other's timing and our cadence and and the mechanics of it. I'm not a big fan of three-man boosts, I'll have to be honest with you. I'm even less a fan of a three-man booth when it's with people that I have never worked with. So how do you fix that? Well, if the company wants a three-man booth. We'll give them a three-man booth, but we've got to prepare for it. So what's, you know, with a three-man booth, what's sort of the, the marching orders? One guy's doing play-by-play. Uh, I get that. What role do the other two take to, to have the best three-man booth? we got to, we got to determine that, but I would suggest, just sitting here talking to you, that it would probably be uh, – the Excalibur, the mask uh, commentator, 
which I don't understand why we have a mass commentator, but there's probably a story behind it, and we'll tell that story if there is. Uh, I would think he would probably be more uh, apt to address mechanics and holes and uh, the, the intricacies of uh, applying a, having a match. I would think that Alex would be more of a background guy. Uh, you know, not, not, not a, I don't want to say statistician because that's not an accurate term, but a historian-type guy, sure. research guy, because that's what he kind of does in his NFL shows. So, uh, but we got to see, Conrad. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out because I, I, don't, I don't really know. But I don't, I don't want to come to Las Vegas and not be 100% prepared and give these fans a, a great broadcast on, right. on the show. So uh, to do that, we got to work. we got to practice. And, I, you know, I, if, I had, if I was working with somebody else, that I had worked with in the past, probably wouldn't do this. Wouldn't be a need to. But this is a new deal. This is a new team. So when you go practice like this, I mean, you know, some of this is probably none of my business. Are y'all going to, like, watch an, uh, an all-in type pay-per-view together and just with the sound down and then you just cut an audio track over it and yeah, everybody takes a look? Something like that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I want to do matches of the talents that we're going to be featuring. Right. Especially... Uh, so you can get kind of used to their, their timing and their movesets because, uh, unfortunately, a lot of talents do the same things going into their finish pretty much every match. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But that's So you kind of get the, the tells, their tendencies, and uh, see how they sell, how long they sell. So, yeah, we're going to just keep – we're going we're gonna to drill. And then we're going to do some matches and we'll, we'll listen to them. I'm, I'm curious, though, you know, is it different calling a match just as a standalone versus an entire show? Because if that match is just in a vacuum, then you as a performer, you know, you could probably use a catchphrase or a little slogan or something you really want to get in, but you probably wouldn't do that nine times across a card. Right. You know, so doing a whole card really allows you to get more of a rhythm of when to go up, when to bring them down and all that. Without so, a doubt. Yeah. I, I just don't, I'm, I'm not in charge of the, Content we're going to voice over. Sure, I feel like what you're saying is very logical, and probably will be Keith Mitchell's our production guy. Oh well, never mind. And, yeah, he's great. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Keith Mitchell's the man. Yeah, he is. He's really great, and so he's going to uh, he'll oversee that. We'll be fine. Sure, but just, we're going to practice, and we're going to give, give the extra effort to be good. And I'm not saying that. You know, somebody said, "Well, how's this going to affect the broadcast?" I don't know because if we find out that the three of us are not very good. Together, we got to figure out something. Sure, but I don't. I don't expect that to happen. Nor do I want that to happen. They have the company has a vision of doing a, three guys, of these three guys, and you know how they perceive us. To, they want us to sound is going to be uh, utilized in decision making here as well. So it'll be fun, it'll be a new adventure, man. It ain't like J.R. the King sitting down and doing these like we did a thousand times. Yeah, now, that would have been nice too. Sure, but it didn't work out. It's not what's not in the cards. I thought of this after the fact because I see his, his, his renewed enthusiasm. You know, Jr. and Tony would have been a good team, too. Oh, the best. We'd have had fun. Now, that's, I'm being selfish. I'm not saying that's the best thing for the product. I don't know, and I'm, not, I'm certainly not uh, knocking. Uh, uh, Alex or Excalibur. No, hell no. Of course not. I never met Excalibur. I already know him. Really? Oh, he's a great guy. You'll like yeah, him. I've heard he's everything good about him. Alex I've known for over 20-something years. Sure. Because uh, he was a big-time writer and, you know, in the Miami area, and he, he covered wrestling pretty good. And he was a friendly guy to WCW back in the day. So, And they give him some access to do some interviews and things of that nature. So it'll be fine. So it'll be a good deal. I, I, I'm looking forward to it, whole, whole nine yards. 
Bernard Klim, K-L-E-M. Bernard, my question is this. With all the wrestlers aging out of wrestling, why don't we see more turning, why don't we see more of them turning into managers? Then he goes on to give illustrations of Blassie and Mr. Fuji and Bobby Heenan, all former wrestlers that became managers. Conrad, the only thing I can answer to that is that managers are not, they're not cool anymore. Or if they are, they're, they're, they're not prioritized. Are you, are you a manager fan? Did you like manager if you're Yeah, I'm up? a manager fan. And, and even a few years ago, you know, I preferred the, maybe the original presentation of Rusev when Lana was, you know, sort of mirroring Wrestle, not WrestleMania, but Rocky Four. Mm-hmm. you know, Ivan Drago and, and that whole thing. That was fun. And yeah, I, I grew up on managers, you know, Bobby Heenan and all that. And, and, and I wish, you know, there was a bigger part for them now. I understand why there's not. But, you know, like Stokely Hathaway, I don't know if you've kept up with any of his stuff. He just mm-hmm. got signed to NXT, and, you know, there, maybe there's some hope for stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think it's a talent thing. Sure. When somebody breaks through that could be the next big manager-type casting, they'll, they'll get that, they'll, that. You'll see it. Well, I think they've got some of that talent there. I mean, I think Rockstar Spud could be one of those guys. No I doubt. I just don't think, yeah. for whatever reason, Vince has an appetite for it. But, I mean, if you're looking for a rock star, pardon the pun, manager, uh, he's in the back, every TV. Just yeah. let him do his yeah. thing. Yeah, he's one of the ones I, I, I love watching bounce around like a little Benny Rooster in that when that guy attacked it's tremendous. Brett. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. He's a, he's a colorful guy, too. He's got a good feel for the business. So yeah. I, I, uh, I'm with you on that. I think it, the trend of not having managers in prominent roles is just the way we are right now. When some managers, new guy, new talents break through and they become good, Leo Rush, uh, you know, sometimes they forget how to book a manager. Managers cannot be booked like they're former wrestlers. Right. And they have, they take better bumps than the guys they're managing. That don't work out real well. Paul Heyman didn't need to, to be the best manager. No. I mean, and, and he's part of the feature presentation, so. He is, uh, yeah, he's great. He's really great. Speaking of Paul, we're, we're just freestyling here. Lesnar, let's say Lesnar leaves and goes back. He's going to do his fight in August, as they say. I don't know. Uh, with Daniel Cormier. And DC will kill him. Uh, but, I, I agree. Yeah, because it it's striking defense. It's not Brock's forte. And DC knows that. And he knows he's not going to try to take him down. Even though Macho, uh, Mono a Mono, it would be a nice test because DC's going to think, I can still take this former D1 champion down. So that's, you don't want to get in that game with Lesnar. But the main thing is, is that I think the punching power of uh, D.C. is going to be too much. You don't Brock. think D.C. could take Brock down? I do. Oh, yeah, I do. But I don't think he has to to win. I think sure. what he, I think what he's going to, the way to winning is knock him out. The question is not necessarily who wins, but what round does Cormier win, first or second? Second. Yeah. We should play some bets while we're out there. I'm, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> I believe if we, took, uh, if we took Clemson, Alabama, and Oklahoma in the national championship next year, we might win. We got one to, of them's going to hit. One of them's going to hit, brother. One of them's going to hit. Tell me this. Answer this mailbag question. This guy uh, wants to know, what am I most excited about AEW? So I would ask you, Conrad, what are you most excited about AEW? Something new. I mean, I, I know that's real simplistic, but I feel like we've all sort of fell into the WWE presentation of things, and the idea that there's something new is uh, is really, really exciting. You know, my, my height of my fandom is – you know, there being a Raw and a Nitro, and I don't think they have to be on the same night for it to be something new or for it to be any more or less exciting. In fact, I think it could be more fun that they're probably not going to be on the same night. So, yeah, something new. That's what I'm most excited about. Yep. I like the uh, youth, the enthusiasm, 
the one thing about these kids, the, the uh, all these uh, guys that uh, Tony Khan has brought in, uh, Cody Rhodes, obviously, and Kenny, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, those four specifically uh, will be involved in some decision-making on creative. That could be feast or famine because it's just the way it's the nature of the beast. Every, every play at offensive coordinator calls is not going to score a touchdown. You just got to hope that you are building a body of work that could get you in the end zone more than not, and you win. And that's kind of how I see these guys. I'm excited about that part. I think I'm going to learn a lot about trends and, and things and, and uh, their theories are, are working. And maybe I'll be able to teach them some things about my back, you know, the fundamentals that we, sure. need, we need to adhere to. Because I'm a big fan, Conrad. Of every, all these matches should have a time limit. If you don't have, how can we? Is there any more? Is there are there any other things we can do to take the, the, the blow away the disbelief concept that we're not doing? I mean, we don't have time limits. Uh, I think that's crazy. Because uh, how can you how can you have a sporting event without a time limit? Right. Some something right. Uh, and I think that they're going to make sure that wins and losses are significant. You can't get anybody over booking them to win one week and lose the next week. That's right. It just doesn't happen, folks. Yeah. So uh, I, I, that's that's kind of what I see on that deal. I think they're going to listen to a lot of things. The other thing I was encouraged about, I don't know if they're going to do it or not, but I, I suggested this because I believe it to be another accurate statement, is that why are we the only quote-unquote sport or in, sporting entity that, that takes away in the middle of the play to go play a commercial? Yeah. And it's super predictable with WWE. It's like you know when somebody gets thrown to the outside, okay, we're going to commercial. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's that way every single week. And the idea that there's something new, not just new wrestlers, not just new storylines, but new presentation and new attitudes towards production, uh, it, it'll make a huge difference. And, you know, I know that you know, you're know you not super familiar with Excalibur, but I'm really looking forward to that because you've got you know sort of the voice of pro wrestling gorilla, with, and so that's as new school as it gets. Right with the more nostalgic venerable announcer and jim ross and that comes together for a whole new product uh, it's going to be awesome i think it'll be good I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it and here's the thing you know we all say this it's, it's great for lip service conrad but you know some of us have been in this business all these years and have had a pretty good run uh somewhere along the way we got to make a decision we're gonna get some shit back let's help this let's, let's play this thing forward a little bit so if i can help some kid with some advice or, you know, i.e., do you have a tax man? Right. Do you understand the concept of paying quarterly taxes because you are an independent contractor? So unless you plan on being the one that's, that establishes a wrestler's union, you're always going to be an independent contractor. Sure. So learn to work within the system. Are you an independent contractor at your mortgage company? No. So you're incorporated where you can be an employee of your own company? Yeah, if, you, if you're... Um well, I'm an owner, but but if you're uh, if you work for a mortgage company that does any sort of government loans, you can't be independent. You've got to be a yeah. W-2 employee. It's yeah. just mandated by the government. But what if you if you were a carpenter and you're building cabinets down there in Alabama, or a car salesman, or whatever, you yeah. would, you had you would have no issues creating your own infrastructure as an independent contractor. Yeah, I've it, done I've done that. Sure, I haven't been a, an employee of anybody in a long, long time. But I created my own insurance, my own retirement, a whole nine yards. Yeah, there's a lot of guys, you know, in the independents who, who don't have LLC set up. So you, you just, you know, you hand, they expect you to hand them cash or send them a PayPal. And eventually, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's paperwork associated yeah, with this. Absolutely. Hey, uh, 
Memorial Weekend, Las Vegas. Uh, Conrad, give us another, give us a little bit more to go home with here on, you know, I, I'm so excited about this. I really believe this, and I'm not bullshitting you. I, when I saw who all you signed to, to be on your roster, all the talents, I said, this is one of the most amazing undertakings I've ever I've ever seen. I would not have been excited about being on your team of booking. <laughs> well, it's just too much. It is too much. And, and you were... We, we're letting people overdose on it, for well, sure. Buddy, you are. You are. So, But tell us more about what, what can they expect to see and how can they facilitate seeing this well first of all you got to make uh, arrangements to get to uh, las vegas and we've got all your travel information hotel discounts airline discounts rental car discounts all that at starcast.com this can be very very affordable rooms as low as 79 dollars a night so it doesn't have to be expensive in order to make it out there and for just 179 bucks you can get a gold bracelet which is going to get you four days worth of live shows both at caesar's palace and uh, tuscany suites so tuscany suites has got stuff like frankie kazarian's jam session we're going to have uh, Cody Rhodes is going to do a little book release party over there. He's going to celebrate his new cigar line and tons of other podcasts. Conan from Keeping It 100, The Laps Fan, et cetera, et cetera. But the main event is happening at Caesars Palace. You know, we're going to do the weigh-ins and the official press conference for Double or Nothing. We've got that panel we talked about with uh, Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair. We've also got the very last live Something to Wrestle with myself and Bruce Pritchard. A live talk is Jericho. And we're going to revisit some other great rivalries, some old school nostalgia, uh, stuff like Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard. That's going to be a great match. That's going to be great. It will be. And Tony Schiavone's going to moderate that. That's perfect. We'll have Bret Hart in his own words with Sean Mooney. We'll have uh, a sit down with Sting. We're calling Behind the Paint. Uh, it, lots of fun stuff. But we're kicking Thursday off with what we're calling an evening with Cody and the Bucks. And they're just going to, you know, with Alex sort of being the moderator, explain how the hell we got here. You know, how did AEW come to be? Why are we in Las Vegas for double or nothing? You know, these guys were all under contract to Ring of Honor a year ago and had an idea, and they mashed the gas, and now here we are, and it happened real fast. And so if you're curious about, you know, the journey of uh, those three guys and this company, uh, it, it all happens at StarCast. And if you can't be in Las Vegas, you can watch on Fight at StarCastOnFight.com. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a no-brainer there, folks. Being in Vegas is nothing like it. Uh, I'm I'm terribly excited about being a part of this uh, event, uh, as much as anything I'm doing right now. To be honest with you, it's going to be great for all of us. So, uh, uh, but but Starcast on Fight dot com Starcast on Fight dot com. Yeah. It's just fifty nine bucks, yeah. and if you order before the twenty third of April, you're automatically entered in the high roller contest. So maybe flying to Vegas, you know, and buying tickets wasn't necessarily in the budget. Fifty nine bucks, and you got a shot, man. We're pretty excited about that. Airfare from anywhere in the world. I don't think anybody's doing a contest like that. That includes Oklahoma. <laughs> you can't get there from here. That's right. Uh, hey, so next week we got we're going to start a new adventure. We hope. You know, if not next week, the week after. Right. I'm looking forward to it. I know we're ironing out. I guess we should mention. At this point, it's just lawyer stuff. We're just yeah. ironing out all the right. details. But I'm excited. You're excited. And uh, I know you'll be excited not to have to go to the radio station anymore. Going to get you set up with a rig there in Oklahoma. And I'm ecstatic. Yeah. And I also uh, can't wait to do my research. But we have a topic. And you, you throw me the topic. Here's what we're going to talk about this sure. week. Then I can go back and pick out stuff myself and, and start remembering the, the obscurities. Sure. That nobody would know but me because of that place and time. And and that's what I'm looking forward to. You know, I, as much as I enjoyed your book, 
you know, this new podcast is going to be a freaking book every week. Yeah, you know, a little miniature book on (laughs) one moment in time, one story in long form. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I appreciate your faith and confidence in me, and I'm looking forward to hitting a home run with Westwood One here. We're going to do it, man. We're going to do it the, the mighty Westwood One, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, unique show if you enjoyed today. I did. I had a lot of fun here. And, uh, you know, we weren't sure what we were going to do when we convened this uh, this production, but I liked it. We, had, we kind of told you what we thought about WrestleMania weekend and the events that Conrad saw, the events that I saw. We had a great show on Saturday with – Jerry Lauder and I at the Gotham Comedy Club that was packed. Uh, everybody made a couple of bucks. That was a neat thing, but we had a good show, great audience, good questions. Then we worked for the two-man power trip guys out in, over in uh, Jersey on Sunday morning, and I saw so many old friends. Butch Reed, I hadn't seen Butch Reed since wow. the South days, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, the whole there's so many guys there that they Stan Hansen, uh, shoot, uh, all kinds of talent. So Missy Hyatt was there. Wow. You know, just a different array of talents that the hardcore fan, I think, really enjoyed, but because they hadn't seen him in a long time. Sure. So it was kind of kind of fun. I saw Rikishi. He's training a kid that's a big uh, uh, Spanish, I think he's a Spaniard uh, basketball player. He's seven four. Oh, I saw him at, at WrestleCon. You couldn't miss him. Yeah. And everybody was, you know, well, who, who the hell is that? And uh, so, what else? Rafael's giving me a note here. To remind me of something I wanted to mention, I will. Thank you, Raphael. You ever watch uh, SVU? I'm familiar with the show, but I don't, I don't watch it all the time. Does he look like, Raphael look like uh, Raphael Barber, the assistant DA? Uh, or does he, he look more like Richard Lewis? He looks more like Quick Shot. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> Bang. All right, that's, that's the inside joke, folks. We're sorry. Uh, I wanted to mention, before we leave here, because she was so good to me when I was at WWE all those 26 years, the highlight of the Hall of Fame, there are lots of highlights. And so, of course, in wrestling vernacular, if you mention one highlight, you're dissing everybody else. Right. Not the case, by the way. Come on. Sue Aitchison. Uh, Salt of the earth, man. She's the best. Over 6,000 make-a-wish granted, executed, planned for, pulled off. It's absolutely amazing the kind of work she's done. Making kids happy that are dying. There's nothing in the world, man, the stress. And the guys like Cena that have done all these things and a lot of other towns. But Sue Aitchison was, was involved in all of them. Right. So she, she got this great award, the, the Warrior Award. I'm not sure exactly what that means. But she got recognized. There you go. I don't think, why couldn't it just be the Sue Aitchison Award? Yeah, that's not a bad idea. You know, I've never met anybody who didn't love Sue. She's wonderful. So congratulations, Susie. Well, our resident Brit and, uh, me and her used to bond over cigarettes. We, I don't know if she smokes anymore or not, it, uh, but I did and she did. And we'd sneak out of, the, of our office and go have a, have a smoke break and then go make sure we disinfected ourselves so Vince couldn't smell it. Uh, but she was a, what a dandy lady. So anyway, Susie, congratulations. The world needs more people like you, and uh, is very lucky to have you, I can promise you. So uh, so next week, next Wednesday, another show's going to drop. We're not sure exactly what it's going to be. It'll be We hope it'll be entertaining. It'll be different. It may be our new launch. We'll find out soon. Uh, Conrad, where are you going today? Are you going to Vegas? I am, yes, sir. I'll be jumping on a plane, going to Vegas, meeting with some vendors out there, getting all the signage and all the logistics ironed out for StarCast and placing some orders. And uh, Then I'm headed back to Huntsville. Going to have a fun weekend there in Alabama. Uh, a rare weekend at home these days. Good, good for you, man. Yeah. Good, good for you. I appreciate you making time to come by here. We're gonna we're gonna tear this son of a bitch up. I promise you. 
I'm fired up about it, man. You know, I, I know that uh, you've had a long run here podcasting where you, you know, talked about the current stuff and what's going on, but nostalgia is what, you know, I appreciate most about podcasting and the idea that I get to pick your brain about 1988. Man, yeah. that's fun. Yeah, let's do that. I, I, I'm, I'm up for this deal. I'm excited about this. It's a new, ty- a new format. It'll give us uh, new energy, new direction, so it should be fun, folks. Listen, thanks, you, thanks to all of you for uh, joining us. However you get your audio is what you do. It's free. It's worth every goddamn penny you pay for it, too. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on behalf of my new tag team partner, Conrad Thompson, who's going to make me famous and rich, I'll go to J.R. Jim Ross saying, from New York City, so long, everybody. Hey, this is Opie, and on the Opie Radio Podcast, you'll hear funny and real conversations with all sorts of people. You guys are connected to the free solo people, right? The distributor, Greenwich Entertainment, who released Screwball today, they just distributed last year Free Solo, which of course just won the Academy Award for Best Documentary. Billy Corbin, everyone. The Opie Radio Podcast. It's free and easy to get. Look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.